What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast, brought to you by the Western Edge app and produced by Cosmic Cowboys. We're here with Cole Fisher. What have you been up to? Uh, just living, man. No, uh, trying to stay cool down here in Texas. Yeah, you. How long have you been there now? Six months. Uh, yeah, since uh, January. So, then uh, we bought some land down here. And we're in the process of building a house, so trying to get that finished up. You probably could get into something a little nicer in Texas than where you were at. Uh, it, yeah. Um, the land's a little more expensive up down oh, here. Okay. Yeah, pretty You're expensive. Texas. But uh, I don't know. I, I had some people that offered they wanted to buy my house in Oklahoma, and I was down here in Texas doing rehab, so the opportunity was at hand, so we just jumped on it. So Where are you at in Texas? Uh, Bowie, Texas. With a... um, between Decatur and Wichita Falls. Oh, okay. Kind of, you know, um, kind of northwest of Fort Worth or Fort Worth. Fort Worth, yeah. And you've been, uh, I saw you've like been doing a couple different things with like you know starting up businesses and stuff. You're washing out trailers. Are you still doing that? Uh, yeah. We just, uh, my little brother, he moved down here with me, and uh, we just, I was bored at the house and just kind of uh, wanting to do something, and he was needing a job, so uh, we've been doing a little bit of power washing, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and I've been doing a little bit of, you know, training, giving lessons and stuff like that with the bull riding, so. And how, how are you doing that, like, with the online, like, are you use, what online platform are you using to do that? Um, I've got a, um, network, um, right now I did, I started it, I just started posting stuff, you know, uh, just trying to help out whoever needed to be helped out, but, uh, Rodeo Performance a Network, um, they, oh, there you are, contacted yep. me and they were like, hey, uh, you know, we're starting this deal um we don't have a rough stock you know coach per se so and i was like well that's a great opportunity you know be able to kind of come in and uh be able to have you know they've got like mental coaches and um uh like physical therapy and um coaches for you know roping and barrel racing and anything that you really want um or need um they've got so i think it's a, a pretty pretty neat deal and be able to help people, you know, be able to share my knowledge of, uh, I've got it, so I may as well use it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and do you like? Do they go through them, or can they go to you? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, I've got some people like uh, the um, North Texas Association. Uh, they've got some kids that they just know of me, and they just contact me, and uh, I'm not. You know, I try and send everybody through the the network. Um, there was a kid the other day that contacted me that wanted to. Um, he said mentally he was it was his brain. You know, his mental side of his career was holding him back. You know, he said he could ride bulls, and I 
really, I just, that is not something that I am strong with. Um, I'm more of uh, teaching the fundamentals of riding bulls. So I sent him to our mental coach and uh, they got set up and um, went that way. So it's not always, you know, that not always, you know, I may not be able to help you, but I know somebody that can. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Cause there's, I mean, there's, there's always kids that they need help, you know, like I, other than putting a rigging on, I couldn't help you bareback riding. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but I can send you to the right person, you know, the right person that will coach you that way. You're not wasting your time and, uh, you know, learning the wrong deals or wasting your money. So yeah, I don't know, something new. Just keep me busy. So you just uh, yeah, see I where think, it goes. I think that's a big deal, too, because you see so many guys that are just, like, teaching people, and they know everything. And they're, like, they know everything. And, man, yeah. I'll tell you what, in my career, even in, like, the teaching part and stuff, like, like what I knew when I first started versus what I know now is, like, night and difference. Like, the feels... Yeah. But not all, not all the time would I even feel confident, like, teaching somebody the feels, you know, like, we know when you get to that level and you can ride them bulls, you know, us being bull riders, like, they're the feel part of it. And not all the time can you communicate that feel the proper way. Yes. Uh, I can tell I... you what it feels like to me, and I can explain it how I understand it. But that could be completely wrong in what somebody else would actually take from it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a couple of kids that come over to the house once a week and they get on the drop barrel. And it's easier for me to say, OK, you're doing this wrong. This do, you know, move over here a little more. But the virtual side of it, it's hard. It's a little harder to tell somebody. You can tell somebody, you need to, you know, get on your knees, get off your butt. But trying to explain to them how to do that. You know, like you can tell somebody to do it, but how to do it and showing them through video and virtual is a little bit more of a challenge, but uh, it works. So you're able to help out a lot more kids or a lot more guys that, um, you know, don't just live by you. So that's a good point. Yeah. One thing that like we have an opportunity now that 15 years ago, yeah. there like you couldn't you couldn't reach that many people and there really wasn't you went to schools that were physical schools and you know that yeah. to be able to actually you know help people through whether it's zoom or whatever platform i mean i'm the first school i went to was nine hours away from my house like that not everybody has the opportunity to do that or you know they may just not be able to get away from the house so this is uh a good good way of doing it so yeah, i did there for a minute i did uh coaches i with gary lefew that was when uh -huh. he first when he first started doing that that was a long time ago yeah and the first time where i did that where they could you know i could send him my videos and so he was seeing everything one of my rides i think that's a big benefit too because yeah. when you're just there in, in in a school which is great you can learn a lot but it's another deal when you have guys that are going down the road and they're needing to refine things and to be able to just send it to a, a coach and, and then be able to virtually go through yeah. these words, you kind of get an understanding after watching a guy, you know, 10, 15 times, like what's, what's going on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go to um, a clinic, you know, like a three day clinic or over a weekend or something, you try to absorb as much as you can, but then it's up to you to take that, what you've learned and take it home. And I'm with you the whole way. Send me your videos. Um, that way you kind of have somebody along your side saying, you know, you know kind of let's work on this a little bit. Don't worry about this so much. You know, um, I think people start trying to fix things over here when really uh, they need to kind of go back more to the basics and kind of uh, reset. You know, sometimes you just you don't realize why you're in a slump until you kind of go back to the basics and then go, oh, OK, I was doing this. I didn't even realize it. So we you just uh, just take it day by day and try to learn everything you can. I think um, good accountability when you know that somebody's getting ready to critique your writing. Yeah. Man, you sure, certainly aren't freaking quitting. <laughs> no, I mean, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, like, I'm going to tell you, hey, you know, you get off your ass. You're, you're sitting down, you know, or this or that. Because, I mean, what's the point in paying me if you're, you're not going to obtain the knowledge that I'm trying to give you, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, but you have those clients that kind of come, they just want to learn how to ride bulls because it's fun and it's cool. And then you get them one, those clients that come in and you can really tell that they're giving it everything they've got. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you get a little bit of everything, but it's fun. So it's fun to see somebody show up that doesn't know anything and then see them progress. Yeah. I've got a kid that showed up, oh, I don't know, a few weeks ago and I've been working with him and he's he's got a workout schedule now and uh, he comes over once a week and um, I go through and critique his videos and stuff. And from when he started to where he is now, it, it's crazy how much he's progressed, how, you know, how fast. And I look back at like my career, I'm like, man, if I would have had somebody standing here being able to teach me like, this i would have progressed way you know way faster so it's uh it's good for the sport i think uh, yeah yeah the, definitely. Bulls are, the bulls are just getting ranker and even in the junior classes like the bulls are getting better and uh you can't just you know get on and expect to ride you know it's it's turned into a a, a sport you know an athletic sport uh, where you got to be more of an athlete than a cowboy, uh, per se, to keep up with getting on these bulls. And I so. think, too, you know, a lot of people they focus so much on, like, career guys, you know, guys that said, like, you know, when we started, it was all about, like, we knew where we were going and we were going to get there. And there was complete dedication. You know, there was no plan B. Like, this is what we were doing. And that's great. But, man the majority of rodeo across our country is full of guys that work 40 hour weeks and they ride on the weekend cause they love it. And yep. I think that now with the bull power getting where it's getting, and, and it probably should have been before, but with the bull power, it's maybe even more important is that these guys get some level of training before they even go in there and do that for their own good. So, even a guy that's like, look, I just love doing it and I'm doing it on the weekends, I think can benefit from taking these kind of lessons to, you know, put themselves in the best position, even going to amateur deals. 
yeah, everybody shoot. I mean, I've been in it for ten years now, and I still learn stuff every day. You know, bulls bulls are unpredictable, man, and you just got to keep adapting to how good they're getting and uh, how ranked they're getting. So, yeah, I, I mean, heck, I just learned stuff earlier this year that freaking completely changed bull riding for me into my hand just completely mm -hmm. you know and a lot of it's a bull because like one thing that i was realizing is okay going to amateur deals and you just ride everything and then the higher level bulls like how much you have to use your knees and what that looks like into your hand and you know actually lifting on your bull ropes you know yeah um something that you you know as well as i do that like my career away from my hand has been, you know, pretty dominant, but into my hand was a big struggle. So you're just always learning to, you know, critique those things. Yeah. And if you find it, it's about keeping it because at that high level, you got to keep it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you gotta, I know when I was coming up in the bull riding, it was always, I would focus on like, okay, I need to ride bulls away from my hand. I'm drawing a lot of bulls away from my hand, so I'd learn that. But then I'd start not riding bulls into my hand very good. And then i go back to try and figure that out. And and I was like, man, if, it, if I could ever just get things to click both ways, things would be great. But um, And they finally do. I mean, it just all takes getting on a lot of bulls, you know. Uh, you can get on the barrel all day long, but... Practice is getting on bulls. Yeah, 100%. Because I mean, the barrel's great for getting that form down, that no salt when you're riding, but yeah. there's still not a feel that you get. There's a feel from getting on live animals that are bucking, you know, and, uh, you know, supplementally, the barrels, you know, are awesome. Like, if don't get on a treadmill, get on a buck right. <laughs> you're a bull rider, that's your treadmill, you know, but. You know, yeah. fitness part of it and i guess you know the endurance of, of riding it great you know able to work muscles out on that barrel that are similar to what you're riding but getting on bulls and, and going consistently is definitely a, a huge part of it especially you know kids starting up like you're not gonna the first hundred bulls you get on you're gonna not know anything like the goal is not to get yeah. it is to get better but how you get better is just to get on like <laughs> You can't be critiquing your form if you've been on ten bulls. You yeah. need the bulls. Yeah, no, you're 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 right. It's uh, it takes a lot of bulls to. I mean, it takes a hundred bulls for you to even realize. Okay, um, you know, for you to realize where you're messing up. Uh, I think before a hundred bulls, it's all just kind of, you know, the bulls are usually jerking you around and uh, out of position and just trying to stay in the middle. Um. And then you kind of just start critiquing your form. Um, so it's that's it's like, a learning. You're never going to perfect it. And that's what I love about bull riding is you you will never perfect bull riding. Even if you're the best in the world, you're going to buck off more bulls than you get on. So what other can you lose more, you know, matches and still become a world champion? Like it, it just... That hey there, folks. I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there. And that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. 
But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this. The founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Now they're, they're strapping ranked bulls. So it's it's kind of crazy where the where the sport is going. Yeah, it definitely is in the breeding. I mean, just the, I was talking to Denton, the, the transformation in the last ten years in the bull industry is like crazy. And with the bull teams coming on, like now you're getting you know bulls that are still really good that are you know going to amateur deals. So the the amateur deals are getting ranker because even bulls that may not be NFR world finals caliber bulls still are really good bulls at all of these amateur deals around the house and and now you get guys that before wouldn't have even been part of the industry that are now able to actually go out there and be part of the the sport of bull riding you know because they can have yeah. four bulls instead of having to have an entire you know herd yeah absolutely yeah the bull team deal is definitely um you know it's it's nice now that you can get on a 90 pointer and he feel awesome versus getting on a 90 pointer like back in the day. And it was treacherous, you know, like a 90 pointer, like you're like now you can, I mean, these 90 pointers, like some of them, you can just, I've been on some, you just step off and you're like, dang, that was awesome. Like that was fun. You know? Uh, so there's uh, I, I like these rider, you know, these rider team bull deals, uh, you know, these, these contractors are breeding for, you know, they need consistent bulls that guys are going to stay on consistently. It doesn't do them any good. Off. Uh, I, uh, it, it's better in the sport. Uh, it's bringing better bulls, breeding for better. You're not, they're not just breeding for the rankest thing out there. You know what I mean? Like just the wildest thing. Uh, to get on it's you know like back in the pbr you know 10 years ago there was several of them that would jump out four or five before they turned back you know but they were bucking you know but that's not very fun to get on <laughs> well uh, I, trying to i like how the it's even progressed so much like when they first started these bull teams it was like there's a lot of super weak bulls and you may have been 75 points and, and that wasn't really fun either but now it's gotten competitive. And so now you're starting, they're starting to push the, the envelope where you go to these team duels. I got on a team bull earlier this year that was, had a, a UTB record of 38 and seven, <laughs> you know? So you're getting on these bulls that are bucking, but you should ride them, but yeah. they're still testing you. You know, they're not like people saying, oh, rider friendly bull teams. Well, yeah. It's getting more competitive in the bull industry where they need you to be 87. Yeah, they're like, you got to be, you know, 88, 90 to be up there, you know, to win it. Uh, and that's a, that's a, that's a good bull ride. So, and, 
and it for you to consistently have to be up there to be in the money is it's pretty cool Yeah, yeah, it is. Man, it's been kind of cool just watching. I know like me and you kind of went, you know, took the fork in the road and kind of went different ways in like our careers and stuff. But we started at the exact same time, you know, we were completely foreign to this sport. You know, we both came from the outside. We didn't grow up around it. Um, and it's just been so cool. And like you making the NFR that year and making that run. Dude, I was there was nobody that was more excited for that than me. Like I was so pumped when you did that. Like go and and I know too how hard you went. In fact, it wasn't just like hard because you were rodeoing. Like there's other guys that make the NFR that talk about like Cole Fisher's schedule and how it's like nuts, you know. So kind Yeah. of explain to the people that, you know, what's that's like? What's what's you know, for Cole Fisher making the NFR What did that take on traveling and and what was that like in, in that whole build up? Um, I never, up until maybe towards the end of last year, um, I never really seen myself as a, you know, show up to uh, San Antonio, win it, show up to Houston, win it, you know, like that, that guy that's winning them big rodeos all the time. I was always in my career kind of win one here. second, third here, you know, just consistently winning money, but not winning them big rodeos. So I knew that I needed to put more rodeos under my belt than anybody else. And the PRCA, they, they only let you go to 125 rodeos a year. And I went to 125 um, on top of, you know, all the tough heat and bull rides and, and all the other stuff that you go to throughout the year. So it's, uh, it's a long year <laughs> and it's by the grace of God, you stay healthy enough to go that long, you know, and go that hard because you get wore down uh, traveling. Um, I did a lot of traveling by myself, um, long nights, long driving, you know, all night, didn't sleep from the night before and you got to get on as soon as you get there. And, So it's, uh, but it just comes down to how bad do you want it? And, uh, you know, the, you just gotta do what it takes. You know, I knew, I knew that it wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to be able to go to 80 rodeos and make the finals. So at that time I said, okay, I need to go as many as I can. Um, now I kind of screwed myself because I thought that we had, I forgot about the cap. Um, so come July run, you know, the Christmas July run, I was already at 80 rodeos. So I kind of lost track of how many rodeos I was entering throughout the winter and, uh, in the spring. And then I was like, Oh shoot. I got 40 rodeos left in three months of rodeo and it's the busiest times of the year. Like, how am I going to do this? I still need to win $50,000 in three months and 40 rodeos. And at that time I only had 50,001. So I was like, it took me 80 rodeos to win this. How am I going to do that amount of rodeos? And I don't know. 
I just sit down and talk with some people that kind of had some experience with trying to make the finals. And they just, they're just like, just keep your head down and the ones you, you have to. And the guys that were traveling with me, I was a nervous wreck. I was probably terrible to travel with at the time, but I was uh, just trying to go through the schedule and write down what rodeos I had to go to. And then wrote, I had to write down, you know, the most added money rodeos and all this stuff. And I mean, it come down to the last, few rodeos and then when i got done in new mexico that was my last rodeo um after extreme bull finals i was out i didn't have any more rodeos left and i was like dang it and so uh i went home set home set at home the last two weeks of the rodeo season i set home for the one week and then uh I was just bored sitting on the couch. So I went to counting my rodeos and I didn't, I, I just a rookie move. I didn't realize that it would show you how many rodeos you've been to. And when I was counting them one by one, I guess I was not including this rodeo. And so the last week of the rodeo or the rodeo season, I was like, Oh shoot. I still got like four more rodeos I can go to. Nice. All the rodeos, they were left. I was sitting in the house in Oklahoma, and that Omaha rodeo, Omaha, Nebraska was up. So I was like nine hours, and I drove up there, and I tried to walk up and get a bull, and ended up getting one, and I rode him, and then uh, won some money there, and went to somewhere in Texas down south Mercedes Texas I think it was and walked up and got a bull there ended up bucking off there but then went to Fort Smith and strapped one there and some other place but it was crazy I I, I would it would have haunted me forever if I had found out that I had four rodeos left and then you know I just decided to sit at home so and then i couldn't believe i was driving nine ten eleven hours just to walk up for a bull to try and get one so yeah, and you ended up was, 16th. 16th yeah now it was 15th so correct what's that it was 16 at the end but didn't it end up shouldn't have it been 15 you should have been 15th is that correct yeah yeah, there was some uh, money discrepancies and uh, should have ended up 15th, but they ended up taking 16 guys. But then after the finals was over, I ended up 14th in the world. But they, so, they, they screwed up. That's why they took 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a mistake were, by them. I think it's bullcrap that they didn't make that change um, from the other side because you definitely were 15 in the world. <laughs> but either yeah, way, I understand why they did it. The NFR, so. You showed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just happy to be there. That's yeah. that was my ultimate goal is make the finals. So yeah, I was talking to Ditton. So Ditton was saying that like for rookies, they for rookies uh, they. Can you hear me? Yeah. So for rookies, like they do something like you have to do something. Didn't have to wear like a wig and all of that stuff. <laughs> how, how did that go down for you? Like I, I didn't know this until Monday how that happened. I well, thought he was on his own. After the first or during the first or after the first round, we were we were all like, 
Uh, rookies have to make a bet. Whoever bucks off uh, fastest, and then it goes down the line, and uh, each person has makes a bet um, what they're going to do if they buck off. And I ended up having to shave my head. Uh, <laughs> <after> down. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was there's there was all kind of the wild bets. Uh, Reed had to dye his hair and uh trey had to put makeup on for the grand entry and like his lips were like all red and stuff like that's funny so just it's just fun just trying to get the nerves out of you and you're sitting in the locker room it's just try to just have some fun so but yeah i bucked off the, uh my first one and had to shave my head that's funny that that's hilarious i didn't know that now did they did anybody take into consideration like there's certain things you do that you'll be fine for and like, can you do stuff that's being fine, but everybody else has to pay that fine, or or is it just like, hey, you can do everything, but anything that'll get you coming out, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I just over the last couple of years, I've my free arm. Um, when I was coming off bulls, I tore all the tendons inside my elbow. So anytime I put any pressure on it, my elbow was just just falling out. Um, so I just ended up just getting a brace made um, from a guy out of Canada and I've been wearing it um, and it worked great. So I was able to. Does it come out able, like while you're just working or anything like at the house or anything? No, no, it's never. It's just usually like when I'm coming off a bull and I try to catch myself or you land different. It just comes out really easy now that it's been out so many times. Is that the same elbow that me and you when we had surgery? We both went No, out? the other one. Or the other yeah. One? Yeah, that's been yanked on pretty good. It's held up. I, a great I, job. I started wearing a brace, and then yeah. I stopped wearing it, and I've never had one issue with my elbow. Right. Yeah. No, I haven't had any issues with my elbow that I had surgery with. That's for sure. So I was kind of surprised it held up so well. Man, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy what, you know, you kind of, you reach that top level and, and freaking riding as good as you've ever rode. And, uh, then that deal happened, just a freak deal, you know, at, at UTB. What event was that? Uh, Albany, New York. Albany. I knew it was in New York. Um, man, how's that, how's that physical therapy going? Like, I, I know, I, I think about you often with all of that. And... It's going all right. Things are kind of slow. They um, took a nerve out of my leg and put it in my neck. And uh, now they're kind of, it's a waiting game to let the nerves reattach themselves. And then I got to kind of learn how to use my arm again. And uh, so right now they said after surgery, uh, they said it should take uh, six to 10 months before it, I start getting like feeling and motion back in my arm. Um, so that's kind of what we're waiting on. Uh, once once I start getting feeling and motion, then I'll be able to start hitting therapy a little harder. Uh, right now in therapy, they're just keeping me like my shoulder loosened up and keep it moving. And um, I went to therapy the other day and they said they could um, feel my bicep firing a little bit. So um, it's it's not much, but it it's uh, hopeful. Uh, so um, I don't know how how good my arm will come back or if it will, uh, but it's just, like I said, a waiting game. We're just kind of just being what, patient about it. Is that your free arm? Or is it your right arm? 
my riding arm. Your riding arm. Huh. I, I is that yeah. As far as you know, riding yeah. like is that a good thing or a bad thing? As far as what that looks like. Uh, as far as what's I, I think if I could get some mobility back, um, they said I probably wouldn't be able to get my hand up over my head, but. I mean, if you ask me, it just needs to be in my rope. So I, I don't really care. Um, but you don't need it over your head. Yeah. So they, you know, the doctors, they, they want to be, they don't want to give you high hopes. You know, they they want to cover their ass. So um, I think if I can get my hand working and get my nerves working again, that there's no stopping me. I'll work as hard as I need to get up. But nerves, they kind of do their own thing. You just got to wait on them. So that's yeah. kind of what we're doing. So. That's a great deal with the, the nerve stuff. Just yeah, to... I didn't even know they could do something like that. Um, they, they, they cut me uh, from the back of my heel about halfway up my leg and then took it out and stuck it in my neck. And I was like, I, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> so... Yeah, but, yeah. I uh, just trying to heal up and you know uh, just stay healthy, stay busy. You know, trying not to go crazy sitting around the house too much. You're going to rodeo still, watching some barrel racing, aren't you? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> my <girl laughs> races and she's keeps me plenty busy. So we're always going to barrel races here and there and jackpots and all kinds of stuff. So we. We live pretty close to uh, several arenas, so yeah. there's always something to go to. And shoot, she's got like 18 client horses out here now, and it she's always got something to go to. How's the mini so, Australian Shepherd doing? <laughs> <laughs> Cooper, <laughs> he's not so many, but he's learning. He's learning what it is to be an outside dog. Uh, he keeps he gets hot and then he'll go down and he'll sit in the pool and get wet and then he goes in like he'll go out in the yard and like roll around and there's like these stickers in the yard and he gets covered in them so i get tired of like just cleaning them off of it so i'm like fine you want to be dirty then stay outside he doesn't <laughs> like that. yeah i i bet he misses the rodeo trail as much as anybody does i guarantee you he just slept in the back of the van the whole time I will say yeah. that if I ever, I told Kelly, if we ever get a miniature dog, period, we're buying one fully grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no surprises. No surprises. Uh, no, he's like 65 pounds. <laughs> he's probably bigger than a regular size. <laughs> he probably is. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's something else. It's him barking. Oh. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah. I'll, I, I'll let you go, but dude, I, we'll do this again. I know when next time I'm up in Texas, I'll I'll, I'll have to drive the van up there and we'll hang out. Yeah, dude, I'm going like uh, like 25 minutes from the Coliseum in Fort Worth. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Anytime y'all come down, y'all come over, or uh, we can go over there and watch it and hang out stuff. So, yeah, no, yeah. I I plan on come going up there this winter. So. And Kenny, Kenny lives in Fort Worth now. <laughs> yeah, good old Kenny. <laughs> yep. uh, what are you doing down here? 
Oh man, he's busy. Well, he's been doing stuff with Western Edge, and um, he's like, man, I just can't, you know. Uh, Key West, Florida is just not the place to be if you're dealing with rodeo stuff. So he's like, I gotta, I need to move to, you know, to to Fort Worth. I'm like, well, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good place to be. So right on. We'll all have to get together. All right. Heck yeah. Um, what's your social media tags so everybody can kind of follow you and. Uh, yeah, uh, my Facebook's just at Cole Fisher, professional bull rider. Uh, my Instagram is at Cole Fisher official. And so you can just kind of look them up and follow me. What about your, your training program and, and this little, uh, the, the power washing deal you got? Yeah. Precision power washing. Uh, we're just down here in Texas. Uh, just, uh, we've been doing a lot of, uh, come in and clean and power washing tra- uh, horse trailers. Um, like we've been doing some racing trailers, uh, clean anything like that. Um, been like of it. Um, I said we're kind of located, you know, in Fort Worth, Decatur area. So, um, but you know, like I said, just kind of keeping us busy in the in the uh, you know, like if you're. If you're needing some, you know, some help with your bull riding, just give me a call. I can help you out or I can send you the right people. So uh, we can get things figured out. You know, I I know, you know, some people, they like to, uh, it's kind of hard to ha- ask for help. Um, but don't let that, don't let your pride hinder you from getting where you want to go, Get you know, letting you uh, reach your goals. So uh, everybody needs help at some point, and, and there's always somebody that can help. You, so might as well take advantage of it. Yeah, heck yeah, guys! This is one of the best bull riders in the world, um, and there's not a better place to go than guys that have seen the lights of Vegas at the NFR. Been there, done that from every level. Um, man, I'll be praying for you guys. Be praying for cool. Like, it, yeah, it's gotta suck just waiting, and and that that whole patient game is probably the worst thing for a bull rider. So, <laughs> yeah, I miss that adrenaline. Yeah, yeah I guarantee it. Hey, yeah. So, but right on, man. Well, this is fine. We'll do it again. We'll, uh, hopefully, we'll have my arm working by then. Yeah. Heck yeah. So. Thanks for joining in, guys. We'll see. You.